Welcome everybody to another episode of Beyond Psychedelics. Really excited today. We have a conversation with Nick Palega, who is a client success expert at Beyond Marketing. Beyond Marketing is a growth partner in the psychedelic space. They work with clinics from all over the country, specifically within ketamine, TMS, and soon to be all the different psychedelic treatments that are already on queue. Nick has the um, ability to reach people at a very intimate level on a business context within his role at Beyond Marketing. But who he is as an individual is also able to connect that very deep, intimate level from a personal standpoint, which when it comes to psychedelics is a really important uh, context for us to explore as he's supporting clinics from all throughout the country and helping business owners expand on their business acumen and ex supporting the patient journey. He's able to bring that expertise that he's developed over the years to be able to support them in improving other processes and systems. Now, Nick is also a really cool conversation to have today because Nick has also been in the psychedelic space himself. He's been using some psychedelic treatments in the past, and the conversation today is to explore his personal journeys throughout them, and maybe for you as a listener to take some takeaways and some insights that can support you on your journey. So Nick, thank you for taking the time to be here today. I appreciate you greatly. Hey, Sebastian, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Can you share uh, your personal journey and experiences with psychedelic medicine, and how has it impacted your life positively so far? For me, you know, it all started, I was about years old and I read this book called The Psychedelic Experience by Timothy Leary. That book is actually based on the manual of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Um, so it has a whole guideline and processes that the, you know, ancient cultures used to actually utilize and use uh, psychedelic substances for, you know, their societies. And a lot of people nowadays see that as taboo or witch doctor stuff. But back then, you know, these, these shamans were viewed as healers, um, and I got very interested in that, in that fact there and started to explore a little bit, you know, mainly with psilocybin and, you know, that was my calling card for the rest of the psychedelic therapy industry. How old were you when you first uh, started this journey? Let's say the uh, first time I tried psilocybin was 20 years old. 20 years young. Okay, cool. So at 20 years young, here you are, you're, you're exploring Timothy Leary, which by the way, is a phenomenal thought leader, I'd say. So his work is definitely shaping up a lot of the current society that we're in, and especially as these treatments come on board. Um, now more than ever, you could see the, the validity of what he was talking about back then. Uh, but at 20 years young, what was the driving factor to explore these substances? You know, we were young, living young, wild, and free, and you know, definitely in college and doing the drinking and the, and the smoking, the marijuana and things. And obviously, you, you find your way to the next couple of stuff. And I had a bunch of friends around me during college that were utilizing magic mushrooms, what's the street name or uh, psilocybin as I come to know it as, as recreationally. And, you know, I joined in and one time doing that and it, it was weird. And, you know, especially reading the psychedelic experience by Timothy Leary, it didn't really align with my expectations with, with uh, psilocybin. You know, so I, I kind of took it a little bit more serious after that and stopped using it recreationally because there was no power or magic in actually doing that. The, the main thing with psilocybin, a lot of psychedelic therapies, is the attention, in, intention that you put behind it. I would say that would be my first time experiencing psychedelic therapy was, was in college doing it recreationally and that had no benefit to myself and, and, and none of my friends that were doing it at the time as well. I'm sure it was regardless fun throughout the process. Yeah, it was fun, that's for sure. But what the, the long-term benefits, the the outcome was 
there was nothing there. And based on what I read from the, the psychedelic experience, again, you know, I was expecting a transformation, so to say. Which is actually a really key conversation that keeps coming up throughout the psychedelic space. And it's a lot of people are taking these substances as just a way to experience recreation and all that. However, the treatments and the modalities and these substances have really they're a sacrament. They have a potential to have a profound impact on people's lives, which is why you see people that are, for example, veterans who have PTSD. They take things like ketamine and they have an incredible ongoing support because they start to see things. Same thing with psilocybin. So we fast forward till now, Nick, what's been from then 20 years, how old are you now? 30 years young. 30 years young. Okay, cool. So 20 to 30, 10 years, a decade in, I'm sure there's been a lot of growth, but what would you say has been a couple of things, maybe just one that stands out to you that once you went and you started your psychedelic journey, you've had it see, you've seen it make a positive impact in your life. Yeah, that's a great question. And the first thing I could highlight is the uh, level of awareness it brings to, you know, yourself and, and your conscious and, and even subconscious mind. Um, when you go into this different realm, utilizing these uh, psychedelic therapies, you really start to understand yourself. Um, more than you ever thought possible. And when you understand yourself more than you ever thought possible, you start to understand the world around you a little bit more. Um, you get to learn your your triggers and, and what triggers other people. You start to notice some nuances and the details of life become very evident as opposed to it being clouded and gray prior to even diving into these substances. That's a big takeaway there because, you know, being, you know, 20 years old and you think you're the king of the world, nothing can touch you and all those things. I know all the college kids understand that. They'll grab 30 packs and just go crazy with that, thinking nothing's going to happen to them. But it, it really will center you in a way that you never thought possible. And, you know, a lot a lot of people don't realize how off-centered they actually are. And that's what these substances will allow you to do. And it allowed me, pointing it back to me, that's what the main takeaway for me was, was becoming more aware of my surroundings and, and within myself. That's the number one thing. And I would recommend it for, for anybody who's feeling a little out of place in their life or, or not thinking clearly, or, you know, they, they feel like they're constantly hitting a wall. And when you try, you try something new, like psilocybin or, or ketamine, you'll, you'll start to see that there may not actually be a wall. You're, you're just, it's all in your imagination. So the awareness I think that it brings to you would be the biggest takeaway so far. Now we step into a big conversation because here we are, we're human and life involves other people. Life involves dealing with other people. So that sense of awareness is going to be pivotal whenever we're doing anything. Can you share with us how this sense of awareness now doing what you do supports you in the day to day, specifically within your role? You're working with Ketamine Clinic where the psychedelic uh, clinics for all the country, like how does this impact you in a positive way? Yeah, there's a whole new level of understanding. Um, you're not the center of the world. You're not the center of attention. You know, people think, feel, you know, have their own, own world going on. Let's you step back a little bit and enter their world. Once you have the level of awareness that the psychedelic therapies can bring to you is you, you start to appreciate and take, take other people's points of views, not for granted. And you start to connect with them on a, on a level that might not have been possible if you, you know, are self-serving and only thinking about what you're going to get out of it rather than actually joining them in their journey called life and experiencing and listening to 
what they got going on. And, you know, I, as you mentioned, I, I, I'm the onboarding specialist at Beyond Mark. I onboard clinics every single week. I've probably met over a hundred new uh, psychedelic therapy clinics at this point. And you know, everyone is different and you have to treat them as they're different and they're, and they're special because that's exactly what they are. And I'm not saying that these are patients, by any means these are actually providers that are helping people with mental health conditions and depression, anxiety, PTSD. So, you know, connecting it with them as a firsthand user and experience and having them uh, relating to them about uh, who they're, you know, trying to market to and whatnot, it provides a deeper understanding of what is going on. And I I really believe that's why I'm in the position I'm in because I've been there and uh, I could help them help those people. Now, I'm not saying I've taken, you know, psychedelic therapies for mental health conditions by any means, but Everyone can use uh, a little refresher. Uh, I'm using these uh, substances, uh, psilocybin and and whatnot. So, uh, sure, the power the power is there. And my, my overall goal is to relate to the clinic owners and to the providers, have them understand that what they're doing is actually helping, helping them connect with uh, the people with the conditions in the best possible way and the most effective way possible. Which is right now within the space, something a lot of people are having challenges with, not everybody, uh, but we're dealing right now in a time where the treatments are not widespread yet. Maybe they're starting to get a lot of mainstream, but the acceptance of them are are not fully there. It's definitely gotten a lot better over the past two years. But again, it's not like everybody's going out there and openly saying that ketamine, for example, is a good treatment for people to try. There's more people than before, but again, which brings it up to the point. So Nate, with you right now on the day-to-day, to give like an insight in regards to working with providers and individuals that are right now building clinics from the bottom up that are given these treatments, what are some things that you've learned specifically about the, the psychedelic space that you didn't know before? I really never knew how far along the clinical process for these uh, substances are. You know, ketamine, is a main one right now that's on the forefront and leading the charge for the holistic approach of mental health treatments. I mean, there's other uh, services such as TMS that's not uh, substance-based, that's machine-based, but even like MDMA and psilocybin are right around the corner. So what I, what I really learned is, you know, how far we've come, number one, in, you know, what I like to dub the battle against the pharmaceuticals and providing an alternative and, you know, you know, getting something that actually works and helps uh, people rather than, you know, pill popping and doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you know, the definition of insanity. So what I've learned most is how far we've come, but how close we are to breaking through that veil. You know, in a number of years, five to 10 years, I really see the, the psychedelic therapy space being the main source for battling depression, anxiety, PTSD, because the infrastructure is there. It's set. The information's there. The data is all there. You know, it's just the, the hard part is getting over the hump of the powers that be, so to say, lack of a better term. More people start to become aware to the fact that there's alternatives out there. You don't have to have your mother or your aunt, you know, taking antidepressants and multiple different antidepressants every switching on and off every year and trying something new that might seem taboo, scary but will work. And all that boils down to is education. So a big part of our role here and beyond marketing is trying to educate the masses of society of, 
of these therapies and have society understand that it may be scary right now, but as soon as you learn a little bit more about it and you realize how effective it is, there's no turning back. This will be, in my opinion, the number one option for battling mental health and depression and anxiety, PTSD in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, so let's explore that because, and it's got to acknowledge in it because I get the sense of you really putting yourself in other people's shoes to be able to support them in what they're looking to create. Within your role at Beyond Marketing, it's very clear that you do so. Get into the other uh, the clinic's uh, shoes and understand what they what they need and what, how you can su- uh, support them and provide civil value for them. So let's explore with precautions because it's true. I mean, right now, there's there's a lot of fear for some people around these treatments. What precautions did you take as you were first starting off on your psychedelic journey? What advice would you give others that are, start, that are considering trying things like psilocybin? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And, you know, something I talk about often with a lot of people and, and first time, you know, users or people thinking about even trying psilocybin for the first time. And, you know, a lot of people always point back to that old 1950s video of the news channel saying, oh, he took magic mushrooms and jumped out of a window or something like that. So that that's the type of, that's the type of connotation that's out there about these substances. And that's just completely false. If you're going to try this out for the first time, number one, find somebody who's experienced in it. Not just someone who goes to raves and clubs and parties and takes these substances, but someone who is actually experienced in treating people with these substances. Um, you know, I've mentioned shamans before. There's a lot of, in South America, there's a lot of cultures down there that still utilize shamans and, and their healing uh, rituals. Uh, utilizing many different substances so that they use for psychedelic healing, but even on the you know North America side of things, you know we have clinical options to do so. Now you just have to fight the, find the right one, make sure you're qualified and um, and you're good to go. So educate yourself. Number one, ex- excuse me, find somebody who's experienced. Number one and number two, do your own research. Educate yourself. Find the literature. Find the videos. Find documentaries are good, but you you know how that goes. You know, really get a full understanding for yourself on how this is going to go. If you were to read The Psychedelic Experience by Timothy Leary or the Tibetan Book of the Dead itself, you will actually understand how powerful these have these substances have been throughout thousands of years. We're not just talking a century. We're not talking two centuries. We are talking thousands of years they've utilized this. Um, so those would, be, those would be my main two points right there. In the book, The Psychedelic Experience, you'll come to realize there's three main points when you're going to try, um, let's just say psilocybin for the first time, and that's set, setting, and guide. What set is, that'd be your mindset. What kind of mindset are you in? If you're going to be you know, taking a psychedelic experience for the first time, are you in a really negative, bad mood? Chances are, you know, you're going to get some negative thoughts coming up to the surface as soon as you venture down that realm uh, a setting would be your environment you know make sure you're in co- you're in a comfortable environment you're you know you're, you're somewhere where you're happy whether it's you know in the woods at your favorite spot or you know wherever it may be just make sure you're happy and comfortable and you're not somewhere you are, are unfamiliar don't go to some strange city in the middle of Mexico where you know I am right now 
and just start taking, you know, psilocybin for the first time walking around. Like that's not going to produce the transformation that you're looking for when you're taking something like this. And then the third point would be guide. Having someone there who's experienced with the substance that could help you and walk you through it. Someone who is not involved in taking the substance while you are, meaning they're sober. And if you ever start to go down a dark place or whatever may arise in your thought process, that person is going to bring you back. We call him the anchor. He will anchor you back to reality and you'll realize very quickly it's all good. So those would be my three recommendations. Find someone who's experienced to teach you about it. Number two, do your own research. Educate yourself. Um, through literature, videos, and you know the people you talk to. And then follow those three steps. Have the mindset, have your environment, your setting correct, and then find a guide, someone who will be there with you through the entire experience. You know, Nick, as you share all of that, it makes me think of there's a sense of responsibility that if anyone's going to dive into the psychedelic work, it needs to be done from a, st- from a really grounded standpoint. If the listener right now, if you've never done any research on any of these, yet you're thinking on taking these uh, treatments and these modalities, I invite you to just take a t- take a step back and really and just listen to what Nick is sharing. The idea of set setting and guide, being able to have the right mindset going into something, because like you, Nick, I've also gone through some myself, and uh, there have been times where my mind starts going off into some realms that are not necessarily the best, and with the right guidance i'm able to bring it back it doesn't mean that where i was going i'm no longer seeing because look you gotta understand that these treatments are going to open up things that maybe you've been hiding and stuffing and and, and, uh repressing so as the heart opens the mind opens these experiences come up and you're not looking to bypass but you're looking to have a good sense of grounding with a guy that can really support you Nick brought up shamans before. These are individuals that are highly trained into being able to provide that level of grounding for somebody that may be going through a really challenging experience through one of the treatments. Yeah. And Sebastian, I just want to bring up one point with the guide. And as I mentioned, you might get some negative feelings or things arising from the subconscious. The goal is not to avoid that by any means. The goal is actually to face that head on. Um, and the guide is there to comfort you and be there with you if, if it's overwhelming. And then you have some childhood trauma that is you know been deep down in there for a long time it, it may come to the surface depending on the amount of uh, let's just say psilocybin you take or the amount of any psychedelic substance you take it it may boil up to the surface and that is a good thing that means you are bringing it into your conscious mind and you are handling it you are taking it full on you are meeting it at the place where it could be a transformative experience so i also want to just you know, tell anybody out there listening right now who's going through this or has gone through this and they don't want to do psychedelics again because they had all those negative experiences, I'd say that you were so close and you just need to push through a bit more through those thoughts. And you, on the other side is the transformation. I could promise you that. Yeah, yeah, that's great because it's true. I mean, this is ultimately these medicines are medicines and we take medicine to heal. We don't just take medicine because we want to take night to fall asleep. No, medicine is used to be able to support us in healing. And again, these treatments are so powerful because they're bringing things to the surface that maybe in the past were not, it's not that we're not courageous enough, but we just don't want to look at it. Sometimes change is, is, is hard. 
taking a look at some things that have happened in the past may not be the things that we want to look at. These modalities and these treatments open that up for you to experience them in a whole new context. But again, back to what Nick started saying, the importance of having the right setting, the right guide, the right mindset is going to be so pivotal. So you guys got into it, but this is before you guys, every full moon for two years, that's that's pretty, so how often is that? A full moon happens every, how often? Every month. So every month. So for two years, every month, you guys set with, uh, with psilocybin in a ritualistic standpoint. Yeah, give or take a couple months because life happens and people travel and things like that. But yeah, that was our, our ritualistic aspect. We, we did not go to concerts and clubs and do any of this because we understood the power of it. And we always went into it with a goal and we tried to manifest uh, and we did manifest things into our life uh, utilizing these substances and you know, and just the the fact of that it's clinically available to do so now, and you don't need to just get your group of friends together at or at a house and go do so. You can you could have this transformation happen. You know, one legally, two in a clinical setting where it's super safe and controlled dosages and all that, and the benefits are there. Well, it's good. I mean, because this is this is where being able to take uh, these treatments from a sense of sacraments where they're a serious tool to support this is what makes the biggest difference nick for you with being in on the on the business side because you're 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 head on working with clinics that are expanding into the space what would you say is right now the biggest challenge that let's say a ketamine provider is seeing in regards to growing their clinic well the biggest thing i would i could say right off the bat and i would hate to say this but it's it's the lack of insurance is willing to to back the treatment um and help help people out with it you know, the, the fact that it's not easily accessible to the populace is is the toughest part. And the payment is a little bit more steep than most people with mental health conditions and the depression, anxiety. And I say most, not everyone can afford. And it's mainly the insurance issue. If, if the insurances were able to cover ketamine or uh, psilocybin and, or MDMA down the road and for therapeutic use, of course, the, the door would open wide, well, it would be wide open for people to enter into this space. And if you have a couple pre-existing conditions, you'd be able to get this treatment. And, you know, for six months, you take the treatment and you'll, you'll be set to go. Obviously there's, you know, you come in for refreshers and things along those lines, but that would be the biggest challenge I see now in regards to, you know, the clinic's performance and, and what all these clinics could do. It would be creating an environment, going back to those three points, creating more of an environment where they'll feel a little more comfortable or, you know, have the space. I, I've been to a couple clinics now and, and it's like a doctor's office. You're sitting in a little room and it's very comfortable. Don't get me wrong. Very good ambiance, music, smells, provide blankets and, and all this. But if they could open it up to, you know, how, how would you like your experience to be? I think that could, you know, benefit and and give the uh, person taking the substance more alignment with their chosen environment rather than the environment being chosen for them. I think that just will fall more in line with with how the Tibetan Book of the Dead ex- describes it, as well as number of other literatures that explain the power of setting. Yeah, there's so there, there's so much out there that you can really explore. I mean, you, you have books by like Michael Pollan who talks about how to change your mind. Netflix just did a docu-series on this. So there's a lot that people can really dive into to the next point from earlier, to making, doing your own due diligence, taking the time to explore it. Now, 
I think you, you pointed to something really important and it's the idea of giving somebody the ability to choose how they're going to experience the treatment. And I think that right now, there's a lot that's about to shift, especially as MDMA comes online and it's expected to go online 2024, mid-2024. And this is now a, a long treatment that's, you know, not long-term, but, you know, it's a longer, it's a prolonged looking at from four to five hours. And it's typically the setting is not on, in an office space. It's not in a doctor's office. It's typically done in a different setting. Uh, Nick was saying before how some clinics have a good ambiance and stuff like that. This is the way in which these treatments and these modalities are going to be the most effective. To be done in a natural place, something that's organic, something that is really under around nature, not something that's in an office and it's just real sterile, which I get it, understand this where it's at now, uh, but it is going to need to shift, I think, in, down the road if it's going to be of the importance that it can. Yeah, and keep in mind, they, they make do with what they have available. Right. What I find very very interesting is there's a lot of retreat companies that will bring you to an island, let's just say Fiji, or I believe even Mike Tyson has a ranch in Colorado where he helps people with mental health conditions and they treat them with psilocybin and things along those lines. So, you know, more outdoorsy, connecting with nature, you know, nature is such a vital part of this experience as well. Um, you know, nature is healing in itself. And if you combine it with the transformative property of psychedelic medicine, then, you know, you're double dipping there. So I find the retreats very fascinating. Now it doesn't need to be a destination getaway. Obviously that, that could break your bank, but if we could start incorporating nature a little bit more with, with these treatment centers and a little bit more of a retreat version, full immersion is, is very key as well. And then I feel like that could be really beneficial as well. And something I'm looking into doing myself actually is to start up some type of psilocybin retreat center or, you know, as psilocybin comes online in the next couple of years, very close, you know, just hours that be again, holding that back. That's something I'm interested in doing and, and bringing nature into this whole process as well. So key, so important. Got to go back to the roots. I think I'm, I'm hold to ask a question that uh, may be unorthodox, but I got to ask it because you sat with these treatments for a prolonged period of time, uh, two years you were saying consistently. Uh, at the Psychedelic Science Conference, there was uh, a lot of studies that were being shown, particularly to the impact that people experience after treatment and the way in which they felt a different connection to the world around them. It was almost like everything took on a whole new level of, of uh, presence to it. There was a sense of holiness to it, there was a sense of spiritual to it. How have you seen the use of uh, psilocybin mushrooms been a support to you on your spiritual journey? First, I just want to say I'm born and raised Catholic, love Jesus, love God. Uh, so not, psilocybin does not take away anything, the spiritual aspect of that. But what I could say, what it did uh, spiritually for me, um, it brought me a lot of peace. If, if you were to know me prior to you know my journey in the psychedelic space, I was high anxiety. I used to talk a lot and I, you know, just wouldn't shut up uh, and just saying like just nonsense not speaking with purpose right so it really helped me you know slow down control my mind bring peace i don't you know it, however that may be for anybody out there it bring peace to you that's what it did for me and overall i really think it helped me grow and understand how to live life the happiest way possible there's no extremes to see anymore. Nothing's hot or cold. I mean, things are hot and cold. Don't get me wrong physically, but there, there's no extremes. Like if I don't 
do my homework I'm done for or if I get fired from a job that like my life is ruined like a lot of people and and I used to when I was younger think that way like if something went wrong everything goes wrong and that's just not the case you take it, it helps you departmentalize it and segment things in your life a little bit better and move forward that's the most important thing now if anything if you ever come across obstacles and a lot of times it could stop you in your tracks and take you ruin your momentum i like to say um in this case you know something an obstacle comes up you either you either bust through the obstacle or you find a way around it and you know you keep the same level of that the same mindset through the whole thing so i believe my temperament then it brought me peace of mind Wow, man, so big, so big to be able to be this place of, of surrender. It's something like there's a sense of trust, faith around, I guess, life in general. And these Dow has been an access to that. Amazing, Nick. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, Nick. This has been a really enlightening conversation. For anyone that's out there listening, again, the idea with this is for you to explore for yourself what's going to support you as you explore these uh, these treatments, these modalities. As Nick shared, there's a lot that goes into the into the process, which is preparing, taking responsibility, understanding the set, the setting, the guidance. Um, and Nick, really, really happy, really glad to have been able to share this space with you. Any parting words for everybody listening? Yeah, yeah, happy to be on here as well, and I really appreciate the opportunity. And I would love to do part two because you know we could probably talk for thirty minutes on these topics. Um, I'll just say this: I was at a um, a family reunion a couple weeks ago, and. I'm not going to disclose any names, but somebody came up to me and it's like, Hey, I've been really battling with, you know, depression and they've had a lot of loss in their life. And I, I know who they lost. I'm related to them and antidepressants aren't working. Everything the doctors give them just are not working. And there's, there's a sense of like hopelessness in his voice and he just doesn't know what to try or do. Um, and then he goes ahead and asks me because he realized what my, my role in the job on my company is. And that that's that's the point of what we do when there's no other way and you on the other end if you're listening to this right now and you see or feel no other way out of how you feel right now just know that there is an alternative and it, it may be taboo to you you might not understand it fully right now but if you follow the steps that we talked about earlier in this podcast and and you start to educate yourself you find people who with experience and you open yourself up to the possibility of trying something new because you got it and fully if you if you understand that what's you're doing right now is not working that's step number one you have to decide is what i'm doing working or not and once you decide it's not working you go educate yourself on other options and you know whether it's ketamine therapy tms therapy or psilocybin therapy um i, I would definitely you know have you venture that way and that's exactly what I told the, the unnamed party uh, I'm talking about right now. And it's important because without antidepressants and without the education of these psychedelic therapies, what else is there? Amazing. Nick, thank you again so much. Looking forward to doing it again. I totally agree with you. I think we're going to need another session of these to guide that deeper into a couple of other topics that we kind of just touched the, the surface on.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.